Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Taking Care of Business podcast. This is Dan Trotchick. Um, and here we sit. Um, we are getting ready to uh, head into uh, springtime. I don't know you know, what lies ahead, but I think we, we've seen a lot over the course of the last year. I, I was going to make some kind of joke about plagues of locust, but, uh, but you know, that's, maybe that's not, uh, not the direction we want to head. But uh, it is hard to believe that it has been a year uh, that we have been talking about and thinking about and living uh, this this. Uh, horrible pandemic, and uh, you know this this time of year really sticks out because I, I remember specifically it was March 16th last year. I had just returned from a business trip, and it was one of my last. Well, it was my last pre-COVID trip in the industry, and we made the decision to close down our office um, and uh, put everybody in a work-from-home protocol. And now it's a year later, and we are still in a work-from home protocol. And it just, it, it, you know, what, what has occurred over the course of the last year uh, from the pandemic, from the changes in consumer behavior to the, um, uh, you know, elections, social unrest, uh, once in a lifetime ice storms, all these things. We've packed quite a bit of history into a 12 month period. Um, but one of the things as it relates to uh, the home improvement industry is all of the changes and dynamics and the impact that all of these things have had on the home improvement industry, but perhaps none more um, impactful than, than COVID and what it's done to change consumer behavior and the consumer concept of what the home is and how consumers are spending on their homes and who they're uh, getting to do the work and how DIY is uh, changing. And uh, our guest today is a colleague in the industry who's been a guest on our program before and his uh, organization, just like NHPA, has dedicated quite a bit of time and effort to researching and quantifying what exactly is going on with consumer behavior. How is it changing uh, as it relates to home improvement and what that means for all of us? Um, our guest today is Grant Farnsworth. And if you're a longtime listener of the program, you've heard Grant on here before. And it was about this time last year that Grant and the Farnsworth Group started something called the COVID-19 Home Improvement Tracking Index. And um, this is a research uh, project that they go out and they talk to uh, thousands of consumers and professionals and ask them about how they're uh, buying habits and how their home improvement habits are changing as a result of the pandemic. And they are ramping that back up again. And so Grant is here today to talk to us a little bit about what they're seeing going on with uh, consumer behavior and how it relates to home improvement, what they're doing with the COVID-19 index, and just some general impressions about what the heck is going on out there in the home improvement industry. So you're going to want to hear what Grant has to say. And so hang in there and stay tuned for that. Before we get in our conversation with Grant, we just need to get a quick word from one of our sponsors. When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz liquid plant food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfert.com backslash Schultz. That's K-N-O-X-F-E-R-T dot com backslash S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. Grant, 
Uh, welcome back to the program. It's it's been a little bit. Um, you know, like I said in the intro, we were uh, we were talking on a more regular basis, kind of during the thick of the pandemic. Who would have thought here six, seven, eight months later, however long it's been, that you and I would be getting back together to talk kind of about the same subject matter? First of all, welcome back to the program. Are are you doing well? And is everybody at the Farnsworth Group doing well? All's good. Uh, healthy. Um, busy. 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 So all good things. Uh, very fortunate for what. We we have and, and yeah we, we've been doing well so it's good to see you again yeah good seeing you too uh, tell, tell us a little bit of what, what you know outside of the COVID tracker just in general i'm kind of curious what's going on at the farnsworth group these days what are you guys what kind of projects are you working on how has that kind of been affected by COVID? yeah yeah great question um so for those that aren't familiar the farnsworth group is a custom research firm that drives strategy around customer brand product and the overall uh, market for uh, our clients within building products and, and home improvement. We're, we're focused in that space. We have been for 30 years. And our job is to find you know, deeper insights, you know, a lot of the whys behind some of the behaviors and activities going on amongst consumers and pros. What's been going on with us uh, since pandemic, um, you know, we, we've pivoted quite a bit on the qualitative side of things, brought in some technologies and resources. So we're still able to do some qualitative discovery and, yeah. and research in this remote setting. So that's been a, you know, a big change that was maybe coming on slowly uh, over yeah, the years, yeah. but boy, like everything else, it, it really accelerated during COVID. And I can tell you what, over the last six months, um, we are slammed with a lot of customer usage attitude behavior research. So right. really understand what is making the consumer, what is making the pro tick, how they are making decisions today, where they are going to get information, where they're going to buy and shop. So the way people are doing what they do today is different than a year or two ago. And it's critical for manufacturers and retailers in our industry to understand that so they can adjust accordingly. Um, is, it, is it service that we need to be delivering on? Is it price? Is it availability? Is it you know, a number of different things. So we've we've been working really, really hard with a lot of clients, getting them up to speed on their new customer yeah. strategies, their new brand strategies, as they think about this new world. Um, that that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, and I think there's a couple things is is you you mentioned that kind of for your internal operations that that uh, you guys were headed in a direction, but but it kind of accelerated with the pandemic, and that's kind of a phrase that I've used a lot when I'm talking to different groups about really what the pandemic is doing here is yep. is it's acting as an accelerator. Um, unlike anything I've ever seen before, you know, we've both looked at, at um, you know, lived through in a sense of lived through while we've been watching this industry, things like recessionary periods. And, oh, yeah. and you see a lot of similar behavior. It's just cyclical. You know what the way consumers behaved in the recession of 2009 was similar to the way they behaved in the recession before that. But what we're seeing now is all of these kind of things that were on the horizon have just kind of been accelerated. And yeah. um, and I think that's the same with our operation. It sounds like it's the same with your operation and kind of the same thing that we're seeing at retail and at manufacturing. And uh, and like you said, it doesn't seem like consumers are going to go back to behaving the way they used to. Absolutely. And, and I think there's no better example of that, Dan, than online purchase behavior, online sales, yeah. online activity. Online was there well before this pandemic for the last you know couple of decades, um, but the growth rates were, were, were pretty minimal year over right. year. We've effectively achieved, when we look at the data and we will look at the sales across a variety of categories, 
Um, we've achieved um, 10 to, in some cases, 15 or 20 years of, of online growth in this yeah. of 12 months, again, depending on what category you're looking at. So you're spot on, Dan. It's, it's not that online sales and online behaviors weren't there before this pandemic, but my gosh, it just accelerated. Yeah. And now as we talk about the customer experience, I mean, CX is, is a big part of the conversation right now. The consumer and the pro have figured out a lot of efficient ways to do their shopping, to do their buying, to make yeah. decisions that are are more efficient, uh, more friendly, and yeah. frictionless compared to the way they're doing it before. So, so why would they give that stuff up? They they, they just aren't. Well, you know, and, and people who I talk to frequently are probably among the many things they're sick of hearing me say. Uh, one of the examples that I give to this. Um, is just this concept of uh, of uh, whether it's personally using Zoom, and I've never, you know, I rarely used Zoom prior to this, and now I use it all the time, and I'll never go back to not using Zoom. But right. in our personal lives, uh, my wife never, prior to the pandemic, used a grocery delivery service, never <laughs> used a curbside pickup service for groceries. They existed, we knew they existed, yep. but Same. she never used it. But now she uses it and has made the comment several times about. I don't know why I didn't do this before because it's so easy for me to place the order, go to the grocery store, text them, they come out, put it in my trunk, and I drive away. And and the minimal cost increase or whatever is is for my wife is is worth the convenience of being able to do that. She's not going to say, "Oh, now now the pandemic's gone. I'm not going to do this thing that I learned that was so convenient." Um, That's a great example. I'm right there with her. That's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. And so so that being said. One of the ways, I mean, you guys at, at Farnsworth go, go beyond just saying, I mean, I'm pretty good at at going, uh, you know, uh, giving a presentation or going on the air here and just talking about these are the things I see. But you guys go beyond that and you say, OK, these are the things we think. But now we're going to make sure we back that up with kind of empirical data about what the market is telling us. And one of the things you guys did really early on in this pandemic was you launched something called the COVID-19 Tracker Index. And and the, the the other great part about that is is as so many organizations during the pandemic, you said, you know, this is probably I'd imagine you were thinking this is probably something people would pay good money to get this information. But you guys say, no, we want to give this away for free because we think it's important to the industry to do so. Um, and and we talked about it a lot after you guys did it. And you were coming on kind of giving us regular updates. But why don't you catch everybody up, all the listeners up with what sure. what the COVID-19 tracker index is, what it looks at, and what kind of yeah. data it tells you. Yeah, our home improvement tracker, home improvement COVID tracker was, was something that we started um, last March, uh, started on a weekly basis and then moved to a monthly cadence. <clears throat> we paused between October and December because we were seeing a lot of kind of flatness in the data. There weren't any yeah, market okay. dynamics that were changing. So nothing to really serve as a catalyst for a shift in behavior. So we, we, we took a hiatus for a few months. But resumed it in January once we knew that the vaccines were getting approved and starting to roll out. We wanted to see okay. pre and post vaccine, you know, how that might affect things. We also want to be able to look at year over year. So as we get into March, April and May, we're now going to have data that we can compare year over year, um, you know, from from last to, to this. What it does is really look at DIY behaviors and contractor behaviors on home improvement project activities. So okay. are you engaging in, 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 in projects? Uh, what types of projects are you engaging in? Um, you know, how, how are those 
um, you know, the, those behaviors changing kind of week over week or month over month yeah. so that we can start having some correlations with, you know, time of year as well as the, you know, COVID implications. On the contractor side, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing, Dan. So it's looking at project activity. You know, how busy is your firm? You know, is, is it being impacted by COVID positively or negatively? You know, what are your closure rates looking like? What are your project sizes looking like? Is that better or worse okay. than pre-pandemic? So again, just tracking some ongoing movements that we can start correlating to, um, you know, COVID implications uh, for our industry and in the broader market. So uh, tell us a little bit about, let's kind of look backward. Tell us a little bit about what were some of the trends you guys were seeing when you first started doing, you know, this time last year and and into the, into the spring and summer months last year, what were some of the trends that were kind of being revealed with the COVID uh, tracker? Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, now in, in hindsight, it, it doesn't sound so surprising uh, to call out some of these trends. But at the moment, it was a lot of, oh, my gosh, this, this, this can't be true. The, one of the biggest was, was DIY activity. Right. Right. Um, so the, uh, the relationship of disposable income going to entertainment and, and things outside of the home changed dramatically. Um, and this had a direct impact on, on, on DIY work, homeowners taking on projects and what we found in the data, these are projects that otherwise they, they might not have done, that, that COVID was actually the catalyst right. okay. to doing work in the home. Um, that's what the data was telling us clearly uh, throughout yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the height of the pandemic. Um, with that as well, we saw um, a spike and an increase in the percent of DIYers that were engaging in some level of you know, light, moderate, or heavy DIY project activity. So it was it was illuminating from the get-go in how engaged uh, DIYers, homeowners were with, with home improvement project activity. Um, so I think that was critical. Um, and that, that that then translated into the retail sales that we began seeing, sure. you know, June, July, August. And, and so all of a sudden people, you know, got hip and realized, oh, my gosh, this is actually a boon for the DIY space. And, and we saw it early on in our data set with this tracker. On the pro side, you know, kind of the opposite. Yeah. Right. So, you know, come March and May, uh, you know, March, April, May, there was certainly a dip in contractor activity. Um, we saw in the data their concern um, around projects being delayed. We, we, we started seeing more and more saying, yeah, I'm actually experiencing delays. I'm actually experiencing cancellations as a result of COVID. And because of this tracker, we were able to understand, well, what is it about COVID that's causing the, these delays? And that's when we started hearing certainly the health concerns but also some financial concerns of the homeowner and, and budgets yeah. playing a role and, and people being a little bit shy on spending large amounts of money until they really know what's going on. So I think there's some trends early on that we saw that the the retail environment began seeing, you know, a month or two <laughs> yeah. later. Manufacturers began feeling a month or two later, et cetera. So a little bit of, a, of an indicator of, of what's around the corner is, is certainly something that, that we, were, we were proud of with, with this tracker. Yeah, and and just so to, to for our listeners to kind of understand stand the scope of the tracker, you guys are talking to thousands of consumers to to gather this yep. data. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's so, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Combined, we're talking to roughly you know uh, a total of two thousand you know pros and and, and consumers um, that are engaged in home and pro- home improvement project activities yeah. and purchases. Yeah, yeah, and 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 as you said, I, I mean, I think um, while it, it, through the 
prism of hindsight, we could look back now and say, well, you know, all this stuff makes sense. People had uh, more people had more time to spend at home. People uh, people were having to adapt their homes to this new reality of your home is now an office and a school and a playground and all. Yeah, these we sound really things. smart now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But at the time, this was unfolding in in real time, and That's so right. this was giving a a, a week by week, month by month picture of what was going on. Right. Um, now that you guys have started uh, engaging the tracker again, and 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 you say you started uh, gathering data again in January, it, I'd imagine it's going to be very interesting to look at when we get into those that March April timeframe of the year over year differences. Yeah. Have have you seen anything in the data yet, or is it too early to kind of uh, really take the data that you've gathered to make any assumptions on on where we are right now? Yeah, there's some interesting takeaways, Dan, that we've seen in January and February so far. And, and I would mention that this is available to the masses. Um, right, yeah. Free. So if, if you want to go to the farnsworthgroup.com slash COVID, um, you can look at some of the results and, and, and download the reports. Always reach out to our team as well. We, we'd be happy to walk uh, folks through you know, what we're seeing and our takeaways. But you know, Dan, I can tell you from January and February, um, on the DIY side, there's been the same high level of, of project activity, um, even in these cold months. So we've seen a dramatic decline, of course, in lawn and garden, but we're still seeing over 60% engaging in some type of other um, you know, DIY project. Um, last March, we were at roughly 60%. So we haven't yet seen this big drop off or tail off of, of DIYers being engaged in this space. And that's during the cold months. So really excited right. to see what comes about in, in March and April. Um, the other thing with the DIYers I think is important to see is the while in-store has come back as far as yeah. being a, you know, a utilization of, of purchases, online hasn't gone away, particularly amongst the younger generations. So we, we have a lot of conversations with our manufacturer and, and, and retail colleagues about, well, what's going to stick? Right. What did we yeah, learn during the pandemic? Yeah. What did we implement during the pandemic that is going to hold? And these online behaviors look to be holding now that we're 12 months deep into this thing. And, and the data yeah. is supporting that. Um, on the contractor side, I would say, you know, some interesting trends around overall project activity. We're seeing project sizes starting to increase okay. um, above normal. When I say above normal, we ask the question of, uh, you know, are your projects larger today than they were pre-pandemic? And we're seeing, you know, roughly a third say, yeah, they, they actually okay. are. Okay. So project sizes are starting to increase, which is what we anticipated coming out of, of the pandemic because we've got... Um, you know, increasing, uh, you know, home values. So therefore equity is, sure. is continuing to go up. Um, availability of homes is really, really low. So homeowners don't have the option to pick up and go somewhere. They're forced to utilize what they have. And, and with that, they're seeing dollars they can borrow against in their home, a lot of dollars. Yeah. Um, they've also got a lot of savings that they've built up over the last year. So we anticipate this project size thing to continue to trend up. Um, we've seen those that are experiencing delays or cancellations continue to de decrease over the last two, three months. And the window of those delays is is becoming shorter and shorter. So in the height of the pandemic, we started hearing contractors talk about, you know, three or six month delays if they're right. Getting, um, they're now talking about terms of, you know, one, maybe two months, okay. which, which is a great thing for our industry. Um, you know, that that's all about production. That's all about sales. So even two months into this year, Dan, as we've resumed the, the, the Home Improvement COVID tracker, we're starting to see some interesting takeaways. So real excited to see what comes up in March, April, May as we can look back and, and compare year over year. 
Well, and, and I still think there are so many, you know, one of the most common questions we get, and I'm sure you get this too, is, is you know, what do you think is going to be happening by the end of the year? Because there's so many factors out there that are going to, there, there's diff, there's more turns in this roller coaster, Grant, than we, <laughs> that are coming, coming down the road. I mean, one of them that I think is more short term is there's been a lot of conversation about what happens when this second I guess at this point it would be third round of stimulus if that comes through. I've yeah. heard a lot of retailers that are are pretty confident that if that third round of stimulus comes through the the, the purported fourteen hundred dollar checks, that a lot of that could go towards supporting more home improvement activity, particularly if it's hitting right as the spring season is breaking in a lot of most places. Yeah. Um, and then the question also, the big, you know, uh, 64, perhaps billion dollar question out there is what happens when the world opens up again and you could spend money on concert tickets and uh, vacations yeah. and cruises and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so I think now more than ever, kind of keeping track of this, what's going on is pretty important. Yeah. And, and, and as researchers, we're going to look at the data when we, we've had other stimulus come through already. So, right. You know, looking at the data during those prior periods of stimulus, I think, are good indicators. And so I would encourage, you know, the market to continue to do that. And, and when we saw those stimulus packages come through prior, um, it did result in some strong DIY activity, yeah. it did result in some strong sales. So, you know, there's nothing that would indicate to us that that's going to shift because we don't have yet enough vaccinated you know, folks in the yeah. population that their disposable income and their behaviors are shifting. I think, Dan, that is the biggest you know, catalyst that, that we're still looking at. I think the world yeah. is still looking at is the level of vaccinations to bring comfort to folks to start going outside and resuming some more entertainment activities, travel activities, yeah. et cetera. So, you know, barring, you know, a massive change in that and shifting those behaviors, we have no reason to believe that the DIY market won't continue to be strong. Right. Um, and I would say with our tracker, what we did add for this year are a few questions specific to vaccines for both DIYers and oh, okay. asking if they did get vaccinated after asking if they, if they would be willing to get vaccinated and, and the implications of being vaccinated on their DIY or pro project activity. And okay. we are hearing from almost a third of the DIYers that if they do get vaccinated and when they get vaccinated, they expect they may spend more on home improvement spend, whether that's hiring okay. a contractor or doing it themselves. So even as vaccinations come about, I still don't believe it's going to be this dramatic fall off the cliff. Um, right. They may shift some of those low, small dollars of disposable income to entertainment, but they may then go out and hire contractors yeah. to do a whole home remodel, to add on two offices, to redo the kitchen. So I think there's a lot of upside for larger projects and contractor activity, maybe more mixed results on the DIY side. Well, it's interesting, you know, just all of these behavior patterns that we talked about that aren't going to change. I mean, one of the most interesting things to come out of the pandemic is this new work from home dynamic. And I think it, I want to say it was the Wall Street Journal that had an article a, a few weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago about where they had done some research showing that 70 percent of the employees they had, they had talked to said that they were not going to be willing to go back to a regular eight to five 40 hour day or 40 yeah. hour work week in the office yeah. and that that work from home was really going to have to be part of the kind of uh, employer employee dynamic moving forward so yeah. so 
you know, as you think that through, those are those other kind of changes that are going to resonate and have an impact on our industry for a long time. I mean, you just made the point is, is how many remodeling projects are going to take place to say, well, yeah, listen, during, during the pandemic, I figured out how to turn my, my kid's bedroom or whatever into an office space or my laundry room or whatever. But, but moving forward, I'm going to continue to work from home three days a week or whatever it is. So how do I, how do I long term create two offices in my house or whatever? And so, so it'll be interesting to see again, those dynamics that, 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 we're going to, it's going to be a long time trying to decipher all of the different consumer changes that have come about. I think you're spot on, Dan. We've talked about this, you and I, you know, months and months ago when, when a lot of this was kind of at its peak. Well, I guess we've had several peaks, so. One, <laughs> yeah. right? um, but this idea of, of, you know, the imprint that's being left yeah. on all of us. And, you know, I oftentimes refer to, um, you know, my, my, my grandparents when, when they were alive and they had experienced the Great Depression. Right. I can pinpoint specific behaviors and, and mannerisms that, that were a direct correlation to them having gone through that experience of the Great Depression. They, you know, they were, they were hoarders to a certain degree yeah. of, of essentials. They, they, they didn't feel great about banks, so they always had some cash on hand. They were also yeah. very, very frugal. Um, you know, you don't throw anything away. So, I mean, there, there were a lot of behaviors that they just kind of learned because of this dramatic experience. We've been in this now for 12 months. We're going to be imprinted yeah. maybe for a lifetime, but if at least for the next few years. And, and that we've already seen that impact when we look at the new housing side as well, Dan. I know mm -hmm. we're not talking about you know the new housing side of the world, but we've already seen that impact on the new housing side with migration patterns. Yeah. Um, the, the more densely populated metros are seeing more migration out to the exurbs. We're seeing the structure of the home change as far as the design and the layout already, particularly with some of the, the production builders out there. So yeah. you know, this is translating to real world shifts in the look and the makeup of the home and, and where they're being built and how they're being structured. So it's, it's, it's not going away anytime soon. And if we've learned anything, Dan, I would hope, <laughs> I would hope it's let's stop telling ourselves that, oh, in two months, we're going to be back yeah. to normal, back to normal. Right. Forget about it. Well, and I think it's, you know, in my lifetime, I think that, you know, one of the things I was talking to my kids about, they're both, both our daughters are grown now, but, but, you know, if you think about these kind of seminal moments that occur in your lifetimes, uh, you know, and what people would be, look back on everything from, you know, landing on the moon and all those sorts of things. This is truly a transformative event that, that like the great depression, like world war two, that, that is going to have ripple effects for, you know, you talk about world war two and, and, you know, as a researcher yourself, I mean, the fact that we're talking about a post pandemic baby boom, and we yeah. might be seeing another, another baby boom like we saw after World War II that's going to, I mean, at yeah. that point, you're talking about generational ripples yeah. that this is going to happen. Listen, Dan, it's, it's either going to be a baby boom or a divorce boom. It's going to be one <laughs> yeah. of those. Well, right? It might, might be a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah right. But, um, but, but yeah, and truly all the other things that are kind of going on right now and that, that you still have, who would have thought, I mean, if, if someone would have described the scenario to someone who knows a little bit about, about housing and a little bit about the home improvement market, you talk about, you know, what we saw happen with unemployment, that we have this pandemic that locks people down, but still, by the way, the housing market's doing pretty damn good. You, you know, all those things just seem so counterintuitive, but they're all kind of coming together to form this, 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 uh, 
truly unique point in history for home improvement and housing and so on. And it's um, it's uh, who knows where it's going to head. I, I, you know, we could both get kind of rich if we knew exactly where it was going to go. Well, but, that's uh, right. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, we witnessed a, a, we witnessed both sides of the fence yeah. with our clients. Those that put the, yeah. the gas pedal down and said, we need to understand why this is that we need to understand why they're changing their behaviors. We need to understand what's driving them to move to the suburbs to, to remodel their home. So we saw that group right away get on it. And then we yeah, saw the group that yeah. said, nope, we're going to put our head in the sand until until we are feeling comfortable in, in, in popping up. And, and those are the folks that I think are, are still playing catch up to this date. But Dan, if you Man, do the digging, yeah. if you really, really ask the right questions the right way with the right audience, you can start understanding and making sense of these shifts in broader big data behavior. Yeah. So they may seem strange innately, but if you do your work and you do some digging and you really work hard to understand, you start seeing the clarity and, and connecting the dots and understanding why the things yeah. are happening in this market. Well, and, and I think we um, we've seen things like this, not maybe not exactly like this happened before. And I, um, you know, refer back to the often used phrase that uh, fortune favors the bold. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that whether it's been during recessionary periods or other times of, of massive change paradigm shifts, the companies and individuals who go out and say, I'm not going to stick my head in the sand. I'm going to do my best to understand what's going on and right. then figure out how to adapt my business model to, to meet this new paradigm are the organizations that undoubtedly perform better right. and perform longer. So um, there's opportunity in every market, as long as you're willing to do the work to understand those customer yeah. brand product and market behaviors, you've got to yeah. dig deep and understand that if you do, there's a lot of opportunities to be had in good and bad markets. Yeah. And, and what better place uh, to start understanding those behaviors than by taking a look at the updated COVID tracker home right. improvement index that you guys are producing. And just one more time to let all our listeners know that, uh, you know, again, this is something that if you're not looking at, you're just silly because there's no cost to look at the data. And all you have to do is go to the farnsworthgroup.com backslash COVID. Um, and you can uh, sign up to get the COVID tracker index. And, um, you know, if you didn't sign up during the height of the pandemic, boy, you should do it now because this is where we're going to start seeing some really interesting results um, when we're looking at year over year. And all these folks out there that ask me or Grant, you know, when is this going to end? When, we, when, when are we going to see these shifts occur? You know, we just talked about this, that this data that comes out of the tracker has, is almost becoming a leading indicator of, of what you might be seeing. And now yeah. we have some historical uh, historical watermarks to measure by. So uh, now more than ever would be a great idea to start kind of looking at this kind of data. And, uh, and also, if you're one of those companies out there that says, I don't want to keep my head in the sand, it would be a good idea to give Grant a call and say, how can you help us get an even deeper understanding of what's going on out in the industry and what it means for our organization and our company? Um, Absolutely. Grant, thank you so much for coming on the program yet again. And we're going to have you, we're going to try and have you back uh, as a regular guest again uh, in, in coming weeks and months so we can get we can get more updates on what you're seeing from the COVID index. And and hopefully someday we'll just talk about how great the industry is doing and, and, uh, and we're not tying it necessarily to COVID. 
Well, Dan, it's always good to chat with you. I uh, always enjoy the conversation and uh, looking forward to the next one. All right. Thanks so much, Grant. Thank you.